Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice Podcast. My name is Richard Brown, and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, some of you might have noticed that it's been a bit quiet on the Property Voice podcast these last few weeks. Um, Inadvertently, I've taken a four-week break. Uh, Initially, it was planned in a way because I just had so much going on, uh, both in the business uh, world and also in some of the private, uh, private life side of things, and perfect storm of things came together. And I just decided to sit out a week and then it turned into two and then it turned into four (laughs) of the podcast as I really just tried to uh, just stay focused on a few key priorities. And uh, as a result of those priorities taking precedence, the podcast unfortunately had to take a bit of a backseat. It's actually been quite interesting because, you know, I think as I reflect on what's happened over the last few weeks, you know, we do go through some highs and lows. We go through highs and lows in life. We go through highs and lows in, in business as well. And, um, you know, we've got a major acquisition going on at the moment, and it's been, you know, pretty intense and pretty immersive, um, actually, for probably best part of 10 weeks now. And so probably when I, when, when you first, you may have noticed me disappear, was uh, at a very particular and intense moment um, of, of negotiations. We've, we've got agreements in principle, but we're trying to agree uh, the sale and purchase agreement uh, in detail. Can't tell you too much about it because we're subject to confidentiality undertakings. But it's, um, it's it's interesting how things can go and how it can dominate, really. And so there's a bit of a lesson there, uh, insofar as how we're actually doing things, and uh, and of course what the implications of that um, acquisition trail that we set ourselves up with. If you listen to the the mini series around my Q1 sprint goals um, earlier this year, um, we were sort of victims of our own success in in some respects. But we need we need to have a uh, consistent way of being able to integrate mergers and acquisitions into our regular activity or to be able to um, wind down the regular activities such that we've got the time and energy and focus um, for those merger and acquisition activities. So that was one thing. Um, there was a couple of things going on in my with my family and I just wanted to spend a bit more time um, and, and energy with them. So something else I had to give in that respect too. But that teaches us really, I, I was, it made me aware of my availability at times to my family. And I really reflected on that and uh, taken some, some, uh, some things on board really to make sure that I do have that time and availability for people that are important to me. So I guess that was uh, another factor. And then there was, um, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a quotation I'm going to just get it in front of me to make sure I say it right. That you know has really come to mind uh, recently, and that's um, I think you know people showing themselves for who they are, um, you know, and and believing that there was a famous quotation. I think it's by uh, Maya Angelou, uh, if I've correctly uh, pronounced her name. And the quotation is that when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And it's all about not listening to words, but actually being governed by people's actions and behavior. And that's the showing. So people can say things, oh, I'm this, I'm that, and the other. 
but actually their actions speak louder than those words. And it's tuning into those actions and behaviors really important. And I had a, a number actually um, of consistent um, instances, let's say, with a few different people where this, this quotation really came into the top of my mind, the forefront of my mind. And um, funny enough, there's about three of them in relatively quick succession over the last three or four weeks. And I guess the, the ultimate one was where we'd agreed a deal to buy a property. And we'd, because there was a mention on the seller's behalf that there was another interested party, we, we'd asked for, and indeed being granted uh, a short exclusivity period so that we can get our deal done. So as I mentioned, that was uh, asked for. It was also agreed to. It was agreed to in writing. And then, um, yeah, the, the, there needed to be a memorandum of sale to be issued, which would, you know, corroborate that, uh, all the terms effectively that we'd agreed. So it wasn't a long uh, exclusivity period, but it was just long enough really so we can get get cracking, uh, get the deal done and, and protect our sales against any potential abortive uh, transaction and a threat of a competitor coming in. So I mentioned it was freely uh, agreed to. I'm stressing the point, as you can probably gather. Needless to say, um, the seller then dragged their feet. And um, it, there was no real reason because they just needed to issue a memorandum of sale, uh, which is really putting the details on a document, who they are, who their solicitors are, for example, what the agreed price was. And of course, the, the agreement to uh, this exclusivity period. But we were kind of getting fobbed off. We weren't. There wasn't a, a strong responsiveness. So there was a bit of a red flag in that respect, rather. So we were kind of following that through, and we were assured on several occasions by the seller that all was well, there was nothing to worry about, it was just a change in uh, the person who works with them for their solicitor, and they wanted to make sure that it was uh, correctly worded, etc. Um, but all was fine, and they were planning to sell to us, etc., etc. So lots of reassurance, which again came across in writing. You know where this is going, of course, don't you? And uh, so needless to say, um, things have gone quiet again. And I was just saying, this doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. I had a bad feeling about it. Uh, you know, it's just too long a delay for such a simple thing, really issuing the memorandum of sale. And of course, we were losing time. And the reason we wanted this uh, exclusivity period was to avoid spending time and indeed money uh, on a transaction which we might have taken away from us. Anyway, the, the thing that we thought might happen, happened. And you could say that we perhaps induced it by being afraid of it happening. But essentially, the seller eventually backed out and they said that they weren't prepared to give uh, exclusivity, that they wanted to go on a first-past-the-post um, basis. And uh, indeed, they had received us an offer in the intervening delay period. Clearly, they were still marketing the property, despite the fact that they gave us assurances to the contrary. So um, I don't know what you make of that. I know what I make of that. But, you know, there were, uh, as soon as I heard that, there was absolutely no way we were going to proceed. And, um, you know, it, there's no justification in my mind for someone to make an about turn on that basis. Um, yes, I understand that this list that they finally spoke to said, maybe that's not the best thing for you to do. But we'd agreed to that. And there wasn't even the courtesy, if you like, of saying, well, I know I agreed to it. And, um, you know, my sister's advising otherwise. If you can get your skates on, I'm still going to commit to it. But, you know, it, you know, didn't really hold to their word. So that's the point. Their words uh, weren't supported by their actions. So there was, um, you know, another, you know, at the end of the day, here's the thing. It's about values, right? It's about people's values and their ethics. 
And, um, you know, I'm sure the seller in this particular instance believe that they are operating to their own standards, their own values and their own ethics, as indeed do I. And, you know, I'm not going to make a big beef about they're wrong or I'm right or anything like that. My key point is this. It's about alignment. And it's about, for me, it's about doing business with people that you align to. So in this particular case, um, my situation or my belief is very firm that once someone's agreed on something, unless they come back to you and there's a very, very good reason um, and in a timely manner why something can't operate uh, in the way that you've discussed and agreed it in writing, then really, you know, you need to stick to your word. And that, they're my values. Those are my ethics. And so uh, we decided to pull out that particular transaction and, um, you know, we, we were accused of all sorts of things afterwards that we, you know, we could have got on with it in the intervening period, you know, that why do we wait for them, um, even though they kind of do the switcheroo on us. But, you know, the reality was um, they kind of threatened us with the fact that there was another party um, sniffing around and we just didn't want to go into an abortive sale. We asked for and were consented to to be granted uh, exclusivity, and that didn't happen. So, the point I'm making is, it's just an, an exercise of values and of ethics, and that you know there isn't one size fits all. I think you have to make your own uh, judgment as to what values are important to you, what you subscribe to, what you live by, and what you fall by. And so, we took a stance that we you know there's going to be plenty of deals, but. You can't really compromise on your own personal values. That's the point. So I think that quotation, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time uh, by Maya Angelou is um, quite poignant, really. So uh, needless to say, it knocked us around a bit because obviously we thought that was uh, going to be a nice investment that we, we'd secured and we're looking forward to proceeding and uh, getting to the other side of the acquisition and, and, and moving on. But there you go. These things happen. And uh, that's the point. Um, these things happen. Deals will come and go. Um, probably something better is waiting for us as a result. Um, but I think equally, you know, we've learned something about that particular seller. And um, yeah, I don't think we're in alignment. Let's just say that. I don't think there'd be any future business opportunity there because, it, you know, fundamentally, it's you know, lack of alignment, but also lack of trust uh, has emerged out of that experience. So hopefully you can take something away yourself uh, from that too. So, um, that's that. The other thing I wanted to say is that I want to launch a new series of the podcast, essentially. Now, it's going to be about, um, I was going to call it the core competencies of a property investor, because that's actually what I've got as the list, but I'm probably going to simplify the title. So the working title is the core competencies of a property investor, but essentially it's the core skills that I think we're going to need at some point in time, maybe some of them not on day one, um, there's about 10 of them uh, as we go through the program, uh, for the series rather. It might evolve because I thought of a couple afterwards. But I'm going to cover a series on that um, over the next few weeks. And it's sort of a bit of a 101 level or a back to basics or foundations kind of series again. And it's a bit of a throwback to the very first series on the Property Voice podcast in some respects. But it's coming at it from a slightly different perspective. It's coming at it from this uh, core skills perspective. And of course, I've got you know, the six years of experience um, and, you know, road testing these competencies, these skills um, to share with you as well. So you'll get uh, different insights and intake um, from what I, I covered in the first series of the podcast. So hopefully stick around for that. I may or may not have a guest. I'm not sure how I'm actually going to run it, but it's going to start next week. So I just wanted to announce my 
um, re-emergence, if you like, with the podcast, and then to set you up for this series starting from next week. So that's fantastic. And uh, Shiggy, who uh, does the podcast production, and I had a really good call on Friday, and uh, she was talking about, you know, how to how best to approach the production and the rollout of the podcast. So there'll be a couple of changes in that respect too, because one of the reasons I went on to this pause was um, I was literally recording episodes at the last minute, essentially. And I had a bit of a um, a bad day <laughs> on the Monday when I didn't release the, the first of the podcast on the following Wednesday. And I didn't really have anything in the bank, as it were, to share with you. So I will be making a change in that respect. So I'll, I'll perhaps do a little bit of pre-recording and, uh, and have some uh, evergreen episodes ready to, to share in case something happens going forward. So hopefully you won't see that sort of hiatus uh, happen too much more. So there we go. So you've got a series to look forward to there. Um, what I'm also going to do, um, I'm going to close the show by sharing uh, just a very brief clip. I think it's, a, it's about four or five minutes of the latest Property Voice Apprentices. You're going to hear from, uh, well, five people, but four groups, if you like, of participants. Sergio, Lee, Nana and Emily, who are a couple, and Daniel in a second. And um, this was recorded a couple of weeks ago, actually, and it was the kickoff call for the latest uh, TPVA6, we call it, the sixth iteration of the Property Voice uh, Apprentice Programme. And uh, these are the participants who are running with it for the 100 days. So we're a little bit further on than when we recorded, as I mentioned. Now, they're going to tell you a little bit in their own words of what they're hoping to achieve from the program. So you can get to know them a little bit, their backgrounds, what they're looking to achieve. And maybe you can resonate with that and follow their journey a little bit as we, as we share their development over the 100 days over the next few weeks. So I'll interject a short clip just like this one now and again, just so you've got some insight into that. But I'll leave it with that um, to queue up, if you like, um, ending the show. But I guess all that's left to say from me, there's a, there's a couple of show notes that are going to be referred to from, or a couple of links, rather, that will be in the show notes, which is referred to by Nana and Emily in particular in the recording you're about to hear. Everything else that I'm mentioning today that's relevant will be in the show notes as well, um, which will be found over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. And if you'd like to talk to me about anything to do with today's show or property investing more generally, you know you can reach me personally, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and I'd be very happy to hear from you. And thanks very much for a couple of kind souls who reached out to me over the last couple of weeks to check on me and make sure everything was okay. I really appreciate that uh, sentiment from you. Um, it's not usual that I just disappear and so I was grateful for you for checking in on me and making sure I was okay. Um, that's very, very, uh, you know, heartfelt. Thank you for that. And you know who you are. So that's uh, it's nice of you to reach out. But there we go. That's enough for me. I'll leave you with The Apprentices and obviously our outro music in the usual way. But um, thanks very much once again for listening this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Well, here we are. It's the end of the first call on the Property Voice Apprentice Program. I'm just saying slowly now so I get it right. And we've got most of the complement of the group with us. One unfortunately couldn't join us today, but you might hear him on a subsequent episode. We just finished a two-hour session, uh, and so everyone's probably feeling a little bit tired and beaten up. But I've made them stick around just so that they can give a brief introduction about themselves. We're just 13 days into the 100-day program. He's going to tell you a little about a little bit about themselves. I'm going to kick off with Sergio. Over to you. Okay, so my name is Sergio. I'm uh, 29, uh, 29 years of age, and I'm based in London. 
my main goal um, is to achieve £5,000 uh, per month uh, by age 35. Um, my objective for the 100-day programme is to clarify uh, what the best strategies for me to achieve this goal, which it looks like it's going to be um, either a flip BRRs or financing more complex uh, deals with uh, JV partners. But also, uh, I'd like to start the process of buying my own home and add some value to it. And as well to find and um, raise private investor finance. Uh, so far, the um, um, after my conversations uh, with Richard, uh, this has helped me to widen my horizon and becoming aware of more options that I didn't uh, know they were available for me. And really being part of the program, I think it's going to increase my time thinking about property. Uh, it's going to help me because I will have support from a group and it will also add accountability to it, which it's definitely going to speed things up. And that's it. Perfect. Thanks, Sergio. Um, yes, welcome to the group. And uh, if you ask for accountability, we're going to give it to you. So thanks very much. Welcome, Sergio. And, uh, and next up, we have Lee. Hi, I'm Lee. I'm age 30 from Bournemouth. Um, not sure on my strategy at the moment. My portfolio is okay. Could probably retire, but I have pretty big ambitions on maybe what to do in the future. I've spoken with Richard roughly about an acceleration plan. So by age 35, I'm hoping to get roughly £200,000 net a year from various property strategies. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's me. Thanks, Lee. Short and sweet, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Welcome to the programme. We'll work on uh, those various strategies, I'm sure. Looking forward to it. No worries. And so next up, I'm not sure what order you're going to do it, how you're going to do it, but we've got Nana and Emily. We manage. So I'm uh, Emily, I'm 35 years old, and uh, this is my beautiful fiancé, Nana. Nana, yeah. I'm 35 years old as well. Yeah, and we have a company in the UK. We live in Sweden, so we oversee investors. Uh, and we also have a podcast and a YouTube channel. Uh, and our goal is to do full-time property to spend more time with our kids. Yeah. So uh, what we're hoping to learn in this program is uh, more about different financing objects, objects and different types of security towers, private investors. And our aha moment so far was when we had this, we thought that we had created a, a vision board, but it was instead a gold board. So, uh, yeah, we're looking yeah. forward to it. And like Emily mentioned, do we have the podcast? I guess, Richard, we put it in the, in the notes. <laughs> I will indeed, but you can say what it's called and what your YouTube channel is and people can go and find it for themselves. Okay. So the YouTube channel is Miracle Properties LTD, uh, as our company uh, is called. And the podcast is the Penga Flade uh, podcast. And Richard is actually on it, and you should listen to his episode. Yes. 
There you go. So if nothing else, I'll share a link to that particular episode and that will get people into listening to it. So we'll, we'll uh, make sure that they are in the notes for this, uh, for the, for the show that we share this recording on. So thanks very much. Welcome both Nana and Emily. And Emily, I know that you're uh, very heavily pregnant. So thank, thank you so much for making today. Um, where uh, probably within maybe hours or weeks you were uh, yeah. giving birth. So welcome both of you. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and I guess that brings up Daniel then. Daniel, you're up next. So hi, uh, thanks Richard. So my name is Daniel. I'm 52 years old um, and I live in the Cotswolds. Um, so my uh, rough plan or my goal for this um, I've had a lifetime in IT and IT sales. Um, I've had highs and lows in that career. Uh, and although it's a fairly lucrative career, um, I'm no longer excited by it. And, and I'm looking for um, an exciting career in property and, and a way out. I've had one property for a number of years, which was quite good for us. But I realized during that time, you know, my wife and I could do so much more and could learn more. So that's why I've joined this program. Um, I don't know what my strategy is yet because we're really at the start and I'm, I'm a sponge for knowledge, but it looks like it might be uh, BTLs, um, HMOs, short-term lets. Um, my objective of this program is to understand the processes, understand how to model deals, how to evaluate, how to pick you know, good good property investment strategies um, and to work with other people. I was, I was really keen with the networking side of this um, to hear other people's experiences and, and to see how they've gone about their journey. So uh, that's the aim. Um, for a breakthrough moment for me, I mean, on one of the first calls I had with Richard, um, we quickly took an example of one uh, property that we'd assessed in Gloucester. Uh, and Richard said, well, look, simply if you took this deal and you looked at the short-term let viability of this, and, and he quickly talked through that deal to a point that actually what was a fairly small investment um, with, with a good wind and it and it running to, to the right way, you know, there you've immediately got a, a, a strategy for one BTL which can make you some good money. And, and, and that was a, a you know, that was new to me. So um, that's what I'm looking forward to. So uh, that's me. Perfect. Daniel, thanks very much for that share. Yes, I remember that, you know, whizzing through a deal. It was a bit of a high risk thing to do it live, but uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So, and talking about a lot of fun, it's been a lot of fun to have you all on this call today. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun and how already has been to work with you. I'm looking forward to the next, uh, the remainder of the 100 days. We're 13 days in. So obviously we've got uh, 87 days remaining. I nearly got that wrong as my, as I pretend to be a finance guy. But it would have been uh, quite embarrassing if I didn't know how many days were remaining, wouldn't it? But um, we can all relax down now because I'm going to stop the recording. But I really appreciate you sticking around to the end of the call, the group call today to do that recording so that people on the podcast could get a small insight into, into you at the start of the journey and could mo- manage and, and watch your journey over the next uh, 100 days or so. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.